good morning. I'm Jeff. Love being with you this morning. Um, and today is Vision Sunday. In terms of this message, what I'm about to share, what could our future look like? What do we believe God wants our future to look like as a church? So to help guide us in that, rather than just every year, you know, kind of jumping from, from one thing to another, we do have a sense as a, of, as a church of the big picture, of the guiding purpose of who God has called us to be and what he's called us to do. It's on the screen behind me. It's on the wall over there as well for those in the room. But God has called us here together as the Lakes Church to love people and to invite them to join us in a growing relationship with Jesus. In 2021, our whole church worked together to pray and discuss and discern this sense of mission, our purpose as a church, to love people and to invite them to join us in a growing relationship with Jesus. It's all still true. It's all still important. It's all still valid. But as this year, as 2024 began, God laid a burden on my heart to focus on the second half of that sentence this year. Us in a growing relationship with Jesus. Loving people is still important. We're going to keep doing that. Inviting people to join is still important. We're going to keep doing that. But our focus this year, more of our energy, the burden this year is on us in a growing relationship with Jesus. Which starts with a little bit of a a stock take, a little bit of a spiritual stock take or a health check. How are we going? How are you going? How is your relationship with Jesus? You know, businesses do stock take to figure out, okay, what have we sold? What do we still have? What have we got to work with? Where where are we at? And in the same way, spiritually, each of us and us as a church community, we can also do a stock take in spiritual terms and in a growing relationship kind of terms. So so let me just ask a few questions. And and we're not going to spend a lot of time on this this morning, but just to begin to think or allow God to speak to you about where you're at today in your relationship with him. So, so how is your relationship with God? I wonder if you feel closer to him than you did a year ago. Are you stuck right now? Maybe in a behavior, in a habit or in a relationship. Are you stuck right now? These days, do you depend more on God than you used to? Or do you find that you're pretty self-sufficient? Don't, don't really need to depend on God too much these days. Do you think in the last few months or the last year or so, have you become more like Jesus in what you do and perhaps the way you think and the way you treat people or, or maybe less like him? And what spiritual disciplines or practices are are helpful for your faith these days? If you think about reading the Bible or fasting or praying or serving or, or meeting with other people, for example, what spiritual disciplines or practices are most helpful to your faith at the moment?
Now, we could keep going. Like, we could spend the, the rest of the morning just thinking through these questions, writing down our answers. It would be time very well spent. Just sit with the Holy Spirit and, and do a, an extended spiritual stock take to figure out where we're at, how far we've come, and, and what the situation is right now, and, and, and then perhaps where to from here. That would be a good thing to do, but it's not what we're going to spend the rest of our time this morning doing. Because I want to talk about from just that little snap of where we are right now, what's next? If this is where we're at, what's next for you and for us? Now, I love the old TV show, The West Wing. The West Wing is a political drama about the President of the United States of America and his team, because he lives in, in the show, lives in and works from the White House like the President does in real life. Now, um, you may never never have heard of the West Wing. It's so old that the first few seasons were filmed in four by three. Remember when TVs didn't used to be widescreen? They used to be like a box. Um, you know, most people will remember those. If not, you could probably find one for sale on eBay. Um, one of those old TVs, like a box. Anyway, the, f- the, the show is so old. The first few seasons are filmed in that boxy shape. And then by the end, it was new enough that they were going widescreen, 16 by 9. Um, I, anyway, I really enjoy the show. And, and so you can imagine, you know, the President of the United States, that office, that workplace is busy. It's fast-paced. They are doing big, important things. And they would hold difficult meetings and they would deal with bad news. And they would celebrate big wins and things that they were really happy about that they had accomplished. But after something was sorted out, after they had dealt with something or they'd figured something out, the president would often say, what's next? What's next? We've done this humongous thing at the level that we're working at, or we've been through this horrific season of of, of under so much pressure, or we've been through this really low, low, or we've just come out of this super high, high, and everything is awesome. No matter what it was that they'd come through, let's just draw a line there, and what's next? Here we are. This is, this is what's going on. This is where I'm at with, with my relationship with God. I want to draw a line under that failure, or I want to draw a line under that victory. And I just want to say, God, what's next? What's next? Let's move forward and let's look ahead. What's next? Because in the Bible, in Philippians chapter 3, in verse 13, we read these words. I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. What's next? Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. What, what is God doing next? What does God want to do next in your life? This verse urges us not to dwell on the past, not to dwell too much on spiritual success or on failure, but keep going, press on, engage with God in what is happening next. So, so we've done a quick spiritual stock take. We've thought about where we're at right now, but, but we don't want to dwell too much on that. What, what's coming next? What growth does God have available to you in 2024? And how can you lean in to what he has and receive that growth? How can you grow in your relationship with God this year? 
Now, if we look a little bit wider in this passage in Philippians chapter 3, what Paul is writing about, Paul the Apostle, is this simple but profound faith in Jesus Christ. And, and he's saying, you know, he used to rely on other things, on these religious practices, on his spiritual heritage from his family, and those things were what gave him confidence. They were the things he dwelled on and focused on, things from the past or things about, about today. But he's come to realize that all of that stuff is worthless when compared with this simple trusting faith in Jesus. And so he says, I'm going to focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. In the past, I used to lean on all these things and focus on all these other things and rely on all these other things. But now, as I look ahead, I only want to rely on Jesus. And, and he, he says, I, I have not reached perfection in this. I am not perfect in my goal of forgetting the past, but looking ahead. But this is what I do. This one thing I do. And, and for, for me and for you and for us as a church, we have not reached perfection either. We haven't achieved everything that God has for us. Our faith isn't perfect. We're still a work in progress. And, and I imagine in that spiritual stock take a few moments ago, showed you that you still have a long way to go. Paul encourages us not to rest on the past. Let's go with this. Try this one. Paul encourages us not to rest on the past, for better or worse, but instead look forward to what lies ahead. And there's a metaphor in what he's writing about. There's this picture of a running race, you know, being partway through the race, but rather than focusing on how far you've come, instead pressing on for the finish line, for the end of the race. And so I wonder if you've ever been in that situation in your life, perhaps in, in an actual running or hiking race, a long one, one where you actually have time to think. You know, in 100 metres, um, probably your brain hasn't even switched on by the time you get to the end of the race. But, but if you've been in a longer one, a running or a walking or a hiking race, race or or maybe your long race is is about something else maybe your long race is about weight loss maybe your long race right now is is high school just feels like forever until the end or or your degree or maybe maybe you're partway through your long race of your career and there's places you want to go and things you want to do and you're not there yet. You're in the middle of the long race. And when you're in the middle of a long race in life, no matter what it is, physically or, or in your career or, or with your family or something else, it, it's, it makes sense sometimes to stop, do a stock take, check out the view, but not to stay there forever. Don't stop midway. Don't stop in the middle of your race and just rest on the success of the past. Or don't stop in the middle of your race and, and just wallow in the failure of the past. Instead, fix your eyes on what's ahead and keep going. So, so imagine with me, you're in an actual physical trekking, hiking kind of race, going a really long way from one place to another. As you get to the top of a mountain in the middle of your race, you should stop for a minute and, and take in the view. You're on an incredible trekking hike. Stop and take in the view when, when you reach the top of a mountain, but don't stay there forever. Don't set up camp and, and live there and leave everything else behind, but keep going. 
And when you're on this trekking race and you get to the bottom of a valley and you know there's a long way to go, but, but you're, you're crossing a creek or a river, but just take a moment and refresh yourself with the water. But, but don't stay there. Don't camp there forever. Instead, fix your eyes on the end of the race and keep going. What's next? So when it comes to your growing relationship with Jesus, rather than resting on the past or only holding on to what you have now, instead keep going. Press on for what God has next for you and, and for us. Now that one particular verse in the middle of this passage in verse 13, there, there are some other translations that really help bring it to life. I, I love in particular the voice translation of Philippians 3.13. It'll be on the screen. Paul says, brothers and sisters, as I said, I know I've not arrived, but there's one thing I'm doing. There's one thing I'm doing. I'm leaving my old life behind, putting everything on the line for this mission. I, I love that. Is one thing I'm doing. I'm leaving my old life behind, putting everything on the line for this mission. When it comes to you and I being in a growing relationship with Jesus, I want to leave my old life behind. I want to leave 2019 behind. 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023 behind. And put everything on the line again in 2024 for this mission. What do you gain or lose from leaving things behind? You know, when you do a a stock take, a spiritual stock take, there are some good things, some good, happy memories, some wins, some high moments, some good old days that I'm sure you'd want to hold on to. It can, can be hard to let go of those things and put everything on the line again for Jesus. Now, you may have heard me talk about this before, but, but as, a, as a pastor of our church, I have held on to 2019 for a really long time. 2019 was a good year, a year of a lot of growth and fruit for our church. And I have a lot of good memories of that year. And a pandemic was not one of them. The four years since then have been a lot more difficult with less observable fruit and growth. But if I take this passage seriously, then what I need to do is is leave my old life behind. Let go of the wins and the successes and the good old days and put everything on the line for Jesus again. And so I wonder if there are some good things in your life that you actually need to put on the line for Jesus again. Some good old days that you need to give thanks for, but then draw a line and ask what's next. Because you're not going back. They're they're good things to remember and give thanks for, but you aren't going back. You need to leave your old life behind and ask God what's next. And there's probably some things that you would be very happy to leave behind, some bad things, some painful things, um, but often they're hard to let go of as well because they haunt you. 
because your mistakes still have consequences. You know, sometimes those consequences are on the outside of your life and sometimes they're on the inside with guilt and with shame. But we know if Jesus offers anything, if Jesus offers anything, it's forgiveness and a fresh start. And so even while the external consequences are still being worked out in your family or in your relationships or in your work or whatever else has been impacted by the pain of the past, even while the external consequences are still playing out, you can be free of regret and guilt and shame on the inside. And so I wonder if there are some some bad things that you need to just draw a line under and move on from. Bad habits that you want to break, mistakes that you want to leave behind, crushing weight that you want to get out from under. Are you prepared, for better or worse, are you prepared to leave your old life behind and put everything on the line again for Jesus? In January, I went to our pastoral leaders and to our staff team, and I, and I had this sense of a need to focus on the last half of our mission statement, us in a growing relationship with Jesus. And I come across this verse in Philippians 3.13, this idea of what's next, of leaving the past behind and looking for what God has next for us. And together with our staff and with our pastoral leaders, we came to two statements, two things that we believe God wants us to focus on this year, two things that are next for us as a church community, two things that we believe will make the biggest difference to this area of our church, us in a growing relationship with Jesus. The two things that will make the biggest difference to my faith and to your faith and to us together as a church. And the first one of those is that this year we need to relentlessly pursue Jesus. Relentlessly pursue Jesus again and again and again, chase after Jesus. And so that's why this year we are going to lean more into this need to have a growing relationship with him. That no matter how old you are, young or old, no matter how long you have walked with Jesus, for years or it's only just beginning, he has more growth that he wants for you. So this year we want to work on making sure that our growth, our spiritual growth, really is lifelong. And that's part of our vision statement as well, this picture of the future that God put on our hearts, of, of where he wants us to go for our growth to be lifelong. Not resting on what we have, not resting on where we are, whatever and wherever that may be, but putting everything on the line again and relentlessly pursuing Jesus. Now, as I already said at the start, that doesn't mean this year that we're going to lose sight of opportunities to love people. And it doesn't mean we're going to lose sight of opportunities to invite people to join us. We believe those things will still happen, but it's right to put our focus and our energy into relentlessly pursuing Jesus. And just a few verses later, in the next chapter of Philippians, in chapter 4, Paul wrote this. He said, keep putting into practice all you learned from me and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, put those things into practice, and then the God of peace will be with you. And this is what it means to have a growing relationship with Jesus. It's not all in your head. It's not just about your, your thoughts and your beliefs or not about your feelings and the, the intention of your heart and your faith. That's, that's part of a growing relationship. But really what it's about, it's about actually following 
Jesus. It's about following in the way of Jesus, doing the things that Jesus did and would do if he was walking on the earth. It's what Paul says, put into practice, actually do, actually have a go at these things. And so one of the ways that we're going to relentlessly pursue Jesus this year is by exploring some of those actual practical things, those practices, those habits, those rhythms of life, those things that we can do as followers of Jesus. And so um, starting next week, what we're going to jump into is something called the Transformation Trek comes from a church down on the Gold Coast. A friend of ours is the pastor there, and they've been doing it for a few years, but he invited us, if we wanted to, to, to share in it with this with them, this transformation trek. So throughout the year, we're going to come to eight of those different practices. How do we actually, physically, tangibly, in our everyday lives, how can we follow Jesus and be in a growing relationship with him? We're going to land on eight of those things spread out throughout the year. And so you as an individual and with our small groups as well, you'll have an opportunity to do those things, to try them and to put them into practice. And they're going to help us relentlessly pursue Jesus. Two statements. We're going to relentlessly pursue Jesus. And the other one is that we're going to make time for friendship. So if, if it's about us in a growing relationship with Jesus, it's, it's not about you in a growing relationship with Jesus. That's not, not what we're about as a church. And we're also not, not about me in a growing relationship with Jesus. That doesn't sum it up well enough. It's about us together in a growing relationship with Jesus, our community life as a church. And so this year we want to spend more time together building healthy relationships and, and friendships. Because the social fabric of our world and of our church as well is thinner than ever before. Many of you are, are isolated, more isolated than you've ever been, more lonely or more disconnected than you've ever been before. And, and some of you know that and you feel it. And others of you aren't even aware of how negatively it's affecting you. But this year in in 2024, we want to fight the trend towards loneliness by weaving ourselves together into healthy friendship and communities. Now, this has been on, on our heart as a church and something God has called us to do for quite a few years now. But this year, it's more important than ever to pursue healthy relationships, to love each other in the way that Jesus loves us. And so we captured all of that into these four words, make time for friendship. Because when you really boil it down, that's that's the limiting factor. That's the thing that stops us. Sometimes there's an aversion to the making of the time. Sometimes there's an aversion to the time in itself, and I just feel like, like I can't make any time. And sometimes there's an aversion to the friendship factor, like, oh, it's like starting again with a new friend, and, and I'm not sure really what to do. Some of you know that you need it, and others of you don't, or you know you definitely don't have time. But let me tell you, the friendships that you have and the friendships that you make as part of our church could be the most important thing the most helpful thing, the most formative thing in church life for your spiritual growth. 
Now, you could unplug from the world. You could go and live on a mountaintop by yourself with you and the Bible and the Holy Spirit, and you could have a growing relationship with Jesus. It would be possible. But but anything else is going to involve interaction with other people. And what I've come to realize is it's the interaction with the other people, it's the friendships and the relationships that are actually often the most formative the most important, the most valuable thing that grows my relationship with Jesus. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Laura um, touched on this and she shared a quote from a pastor and historian, John Dixon. He says, spirituality cannot be lived out without a messy community. So he would say the living on the mountaintop doesn't lead to spirituality. It's impossible to actually live out spirituality without a messy community. And so we need to make time for friendship. Even though we know that friendship's never perfect, it's never neat, it's sometimes awkward and messy and it does take work, but also because it's the best part of church life and it's an integrated part of our spirituality. You can't have it. You can't have a healthy spiritual life without messy community and friendship. So in in 2020, we had to put some walls up. The government made us for our own well-being. We had to put some walls up. In 2024, it's time to make sure those walls are on their way down and we're letting more people in. You know, you might have made for yourself a nice, tidy life, but it's time to let some mess in by making time for friendship. So this year, we'll talk about this some more and we'll give you some actual um, thing, practical things that you can do to help make steps in this direction. But there's nothing stopping you right now today from making time for friendship. You know, the things that we do together, we hope will help. You know, some of the things that we've already done, like moving um, hospitality, tea and coffee and, and food inside in the hope that people will spend more time together and make time for friendship. And the flexibility we're bringing into our night services with meals and some different things, hopefully making time for friendship. Our small groups, and we'll hear a little bit about that from someone in a moment, but we already have small groups that exist in our church that you could join right now. But but apart from all those organized things, there is nothing stopping you today from making time for friendship. Because you already know people that you could spend time with. You already know who you could invite to go to the movies with you. Who you could invite to go and work out with you or for a run with you. You know who you could have a meal with or or go grab a coffee with or, or just someone that you could intentionally text more often with. And you can form a small group. Like there's actually um, no official sanction that you need to get some friends together or get another family together with yours and say, hey, let's intentionally spend some time reading the Bible together, talking about it and and praying for each other. You you could, rather than join one that already exists, you could form a small group. And for these three weeks, what will go up with the message on Mondays on our website with the video and the audio is a discussion guide that you could use with one or more other people just to talk about what we are going to be talking about on Sundays for the next few weeks. You don't need any more permission than that to make time for friendship. Now, to give you a picture of how this could look in someone's life, I want to introduce you to someone who made time for friendship last year. 
Um, but it comes with a, like a, just a, a little bit of a warning, a, sh- a shock warning, a content advisory warning. Um, you're going to get to hear from my dad, Martin Snook. Now, the shock is that when most people meet him and realize he's my dad, they're shocked that he looks so young. And, and he loves it when people think that we're brothers and they're shocked that he's my dad. And so I'm just going to set the record straight, like this one big meet and greet, okay? All right? I, like, he, he's actually my father, and, you know, I, even though I'm very, very youthful myself, he's much older. And so we're just setting that record straight. Would you welcome my dad, Martin, as he comes up? All right. Did you get any shock out of your system? Clearly my elderly father. <laughs> um, but, Dad, why did, you, um, why, why did you join a small group last year? Okay, good. <laughs> um, basically, I joined because Kathy, my wife, kept suggesting I should <laughs> several times, and in the end, I gave in. And uh, it was about May uh, last year that I joined the small group uh, early in the morning on a Thursday, with uh, beginning with Andrew Donaldson and John Power. Mm-hmm. Now, small groups and friendships aren't always easy or convenient. Um, what are some of the things that you had to work through to, to keep making time for friendship with that group? I think one of the hardest things I've found is remembering what day it is. <laughs> you just have to um, remember it's a Thursday morning and uh, I need to set the alarm and uh, make sure I go. Getting up's not a problem. I'm always awake at that time of day. I much prefer mornings to evenings. Um, I'm at my best in the morning and sleep in the evenings. <laughs> so just remembering, you know, there's seven days a week, but it's hard to remember what day it is. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> um, and so how did this group, and, and I know John in particular, because Andrew um, left town not long ago, how did this group turn out to be a huge support for you, particularly in the last half of last year? Um, well, I, I didn't know John um, before I joined the group. I'd seen him around, but never really talked to him. I knew Andrew well. We'd been in a group, uh, quite a large group, for a long time together and so we um, knew each other pretty well and our birthdays are about four or five days apart so uh, we've had quite a lot in common Um, but then Andrew moved down to the Sunshine Coast and so it was just John and I left and uh, then we had trouble with our son Michael Uh, he had he ended up in psych hospital and um, had some really significant issues and it turns out that John had had very similar issues in his past and he had dealt with them and come out the other side. So it was an incredible help, um, which I wouldn't have got if I hadn't been part of the group. And didn't know it was coming. No, exactly. That was totally out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing with us about making time for friendship and the impact that it made. Would you thank my dad with me? (laughs) You never know what's ahead as you face the future. You never know what you're about to face. But... If you'll make time for friendship in formal or informal ways, the friends will make the grief easier to bear and they'll also make the joy even richer. So relentlessly pursue Jesus and make time for friendship. I believe personally that if I keep these things as a focus for my year, that it's going to make a big difference to my own faith in Jesus and to my church life. A a huge difference. And so I'm prepared to put everything on the line again for Jesus 
and for the mission that he's called us to as a church. And I believe that it will make a huge difference to you as well, if you do the same. It's going to make your relationship with God even stronger and richer as you grow in your faith. It's going to make your church community life, your personal life, better and more valuable as you become a stronger part of the social fabric of our church. Now, our sermons, our messages on a Sunday, our services that we gather together for, our programs that we have as a church, those things I hope will help you and I move forward in these areas. But these two things, relentlessly pursuing Jesus and making time for friendship, this is not something that the church can do for you. These aren't things that the church can do for you. There's something that we all need to take seriously and we all need to take steps towards in our own life. And so my final question before we pray is, will you? What I mean is, will you put everything on the line this year for Jesus and the mission that he's called us to? What I mean is, will you go all in this year? All in on Jesus and all in on community. And, and how? How will you? What could you actually do, big or small, to put everything on the line again and relentlessly pursue Jesus and make time for friendship? Let's take a few moments just in, in silent prayer, listening for God's voice, and then I'll, I'll close in prayer for us. before I, I lead us in prayer I have a sense um, for, for someone today that God is saying to you to leave the lights on and I just have a picture of, of a house you know and as, as it gets dark you know normally you'd have the lights on you know inside outside so people can see that you're home and that you're open to someone coming in or coming by and I don't know if it's a physical prompt for you or it reflects just the attitude of your heart but for someone today I sense God is saying um, you need to leave the lights on don't hide keep the lights on let me pray for you God I thank you that you have more available for us for some of us there's been some huge great times with you in the past and it's hard for us to imagine that you might still care about us or have growth available to us but today we believe that you do 
you want to walk with us through this season of our life. And for other people here today, God, the, the past has been such a mess and so devastatingly bad. And it feels like there's just so many endings and more to come. It's, it's hard to believe that you have more growth available for us. But today we believe that you do. And so it's, it's our choice, it's our decision whether we are willing to leave our old life behind for better or worse and put everything on the line again for you. And so as we each get to that place of decision and of readiness for that, whether it's here in this moment or, or during this week as we reflect more on it and, and talk with our friends in our small group about it, as we get to that place of saying, all right, I'm, I'm ready to put everything on the line again for you. God, I pray that with that would come your enabling and your help as we relentlessly pursue Jesus again and again. And as we begin to make time for friendship. Because we're going to need your help for it to be worthwhile, for it to really lead to lifelong growth. We need your help. We can't do this on our own. It's too uncertain. It's too difficult. um, It's too much. And so we need your help. And so we trust as we step out in faith that you'll meet us there. In your name. Amen.